Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Hello children and welcome to another episode. We've got myself and Dr. Mark here. How do you do, Mark? I'm good, I'm good. I'm, I'm not so looking forward to this episode. This is going to be tough. Oh yeah, we got a super special hormonal kind of female episode talking about uh, all sorts of lady stuff. So yeah, it's all going to be on Mark. Uh, a lot of it is. If I can uh, think of a few good jokes, Mark, I'll, I'll, I'll try and interject. So uh, yeah. But this is important stuff, and it is very, very common, very common indeed. So, uh, what? Um, so, yeah, been up too much, Mark? What? Uh, any news there in the world of the uh, GPs and uh, you know, off oh, the pharmaceutical thing? They're trying to block this AstraZeneca and uh, Pfizer merger, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, both companies. I mean, I, I have very little faith in most pharmaceutical companies. Some of the, yeah, they, they. they they do do some good drugs, but I don't know. I, it's all it's all big business and money, and yeah. the problem is, big business and money tend to corrupt, and that's what worries me. And you've got the yeah. food industry, which is even worse than the pharmaceutical industry. Then you've got the pharmaceutical industry. So all these things are. Just they just worry me sometimes. Yeah, well, the ultimate question of the thing will be whether they let it go through or whatever, because it's likely that it will, uh, because for the very reasons you've just said. So yeah. anyway, it's a bit. Uh, political for this show but uh yeah you know you can't ignore this stuff it's good to have a healthy skepticism and um you know these guys are not for supplements and health that's for sure because they don't make any money out of it factoid so cool right without further ado first question for you mark from annie was it annie yeah, Annie, yeah. Annie, for, who's 38, I've kept myself fit all my life and I'm increasingly getting problems with bloating, PMS and tender breasts. I have a stressful job and think maybe there is a hormonal reason or imbalance causing this. Any help appreciated? Thanks, Annie. Right. Mm. Uh, okay. The Basically, it boils, there are several hormones. Men are simple. Men are testosterone and that's it. I mean, we're, we're really easy. With testosterone, okay, you've got a bit of cortisol in there with us, but testosterone is our main thing. With women, you've got uh, two hormones, progesterone and estrogen, plus your thyroid and your cortisol, that have a merry dance, basically. I mean, the, the progesterone and estrogen go up and down during your cycle, and it's very, very complicated. So, and pregnanolone and estradiol. You've got and all those, but the bottom line is you've got this balance between estrogen and progesterone, right? That moves up and down during the cycle. At the beginning yeah. of the cycle, before ovulation, before the, the egg is released, you've got a lot of estrogen. Estrogen is the, is the hormone that makes women sort of sexy and juicy, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, 
progesterone is the hormone that calms them down. So you have this big surge of estrogen at the beginning of the cycle that makes the woman ready to be fertile and everything. And then you have that lowers and then you have an increase in progesterone, which is the calming hormone that calms down the lining of the womb and calms down the woman ready for uh, for sex and then for to make to make babies, basically. So you have this balance that, unfortunately, in the modern world, other things sort of take over. You have a thing called cortisol. If you're stressed, which this woman is, you have a high level of cortisol. If you have a high level of cortisol, that uh, binds with the progesterone receptors. So if you, that binds with the progesterone receptors, it means the progesterone is low. And I think this is probably what this woman's problem is. Yeah. Annie's problem is that she's got low progesterone. So low is that what's called uh, estrogen dominance? Well, no, not necessarily. If no, estrogen, something different is different. Yeah, estrogen dominance. Estrogen dominance is where you have too much estrogen overpowering the, the progesterone. But you, you can have, unfortunately, you could have high estrogen, estrogen dominance, you could have low estrogen, you could have high progesterone, you have low progesterone, yeah. you could have ordinary progesterone, which isn't working. And in her case, it may be that she's got ordinary progesterone, but because she's got the cortisol coming in, that's binding to the progesterone receptors. Ah, so yes. She can't get the progesterone to work. So she's suffering from possibly from low progesterone, okay? Yes. If you've got low progesterone, you get this PMS. I, I, I emailed her and I got some more information. She gets shorter periods. Now, shorter periods, again, is a sign of low progesterone. Uh, yes, so yes. I think she's probably got low progesterone. Now, this gives you... Low progesterone gives you the PMS. I mean, you get terrible PMS. I mean, rather than being soothed by the um, progesterone, which is what progesterone does to women, you get low progesterone, so it's like, you know, not to my cowboy. I mean, you have no chance to blow. You get nowhere. <laughs> yeah. when, when a woman is supposed to be at most fertile, unfortunately, if you've got low progesterone, she's not going to want to do anything. So yeah. the bottom line here is she needs to increase her progesterone. Okay? Yeah. Now, we're not going to talk about all the hormones tonight, because you could. It's going to be. It could be ten podcasts. Yeah, We're going to yeah. Talk just about low progesterone now. If now the reasons for this is, unfortunately, as you get older, your progesterone goes down. So, over the age of twenty-five, you get your progesterone goes down. And now, I, sorry, do they then doctors like yourself, Mark? They increase the progesterone levels of the contraceptive pill. Well, that, that doesn't help, you see, because the progesterone in the contraceptive pill is not bioidentical progesterone. So, in fact, people who are given things like the marina coil for heavy periods, for given the injection for their, for their um, contraception or the implant, these things actually can often make people more, um, I don't want to say nutty, that's not the right word. but Yeah, nutty more, is good, nutty is good. But more PMS. Yes. It has the opposite effect. It doesn't actually do the job that the normal progesterone does, which is, I've got three daughters. They've all had various progesterone yeah. contraceptives, and I don't go anywhere near them when they got them because they are completely nuts. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm married. So they've got a stepdaughter. So basically, um, if it's not bioidentical progesterone, it's not going to help there. Right, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I've lost train of thought now. So you stay you stay away from those um, artificial progesterone progesterone gins. They are rather than progesterone, yes. right? Okay. So. What do you do about low progesterone is, is, is the thing. Now, first thing for her is she's got to lower her cortisol, all right? So yeah. she's got to do things that will lower her cortisol. In other words, her stress hormone's got to be lowered because that's interfering with her progesterone. So she needs to have some, some ways of relaxing, of changing her lifestyle, of you know cutting out the alcohol and, and 
um, coffee are two great stimulators for, for cortisol. So she's trying to cut those down. She needs to eat better because people with PMS and low progesterone have basically 275% more carbohydrate in their diet. So she needs to get onto a, what we would call a healthy diet. That's the first thing. Now, there are other things you can do for a low progesterone, and they're very simple, and they're not, they're not expensive. Vitamin C is fabulous for low progesterone. It's the number one thing. Take some vitamin C. That would help your low progesterone. Um, also, something called chaseberry. And now that's the American term for it. It's, it's got a different name in Britain. But if you, if you, if you um, Google chaseberry, you, you will find it. All right? It's a very easy supplement to take. It helps low progesterone and PMS. So that, that those two things are very good to do. All right? You do 1,000 milligrams of chaseberry is, is 500 to 1,000 milligrams. Very good, will help your PMS and will help your low progesterone. Um, I've mentioned the cortisol. I would also go with a bit of magnesium. We've mentioned magnesium in a previous podcast. It's very good. And vitamin D. Um, every woman knows that vitamin B6 is meant to help that. On its own, probably won't do a lot. But with all those other things, it will help. So I would go with all those, change your diet, vitamin C, chaseberry, perhaps some, some um, vitamin D and some magnesium. Between those, they will help get a progesterone up, will help a PMS. So anyone who's suffering from PMS, all those things will help. Mm. I mean, PMS is not always caused by low progesterone, but it, yeah. all those things do help PMS. Yeah. So I would go I would go along with that, see how she goes. She needs to take the chase for a couple of months, see if she feels better, sort her diet out, and think she'll do well. Brilliant. Great advice. And just to touch on something you mentioned, you said about reducing stress and I know I, I'm there on the cold face, same as you, Mark. Sometimes people say, I, I can't reduce my stress. I've got to keep doing this or I've got to keep doing that. And But stress isn't always work or the kids or, or, or the bank balance. Like Mark said, stress is food. Yeah, stress is food. Stress so, is you know, stre- good. Stress is exercise. Okay, so anything can be a stressor on you guys and um, just bear that in mind. So sometimes when you can't address Perhaps some things you cannot usually address the the, the nutritional side of things. Uh, so brilliant, great. Just wanted to go back to that. Okay, next. Oh, one other thing I want to say about that. I, she doesn't say anything what she exercises. If she's doing high intensity interval training six days a week, that's a stressor. If she's yeah. doing some gentle walking, that's not a stressor. Yeah, that'll be adding to the problem. If you go and do circuit, you're going to like CrossFit or boot camp or you know come in personal training and doing high intensity stuff with me, then this isn't going to get any better. It's going to make it worse. So quite, yeah. People forget exercise is a stress, you know. Cool. Okay, next question. Okay, migraines. Now we get a lot of people with this. We've got a couple of migraine type questions, I think, within the hormone kind of uh, episode. Apparently they're related, Mark tells me. Okay, hi, Rich, Mark. I've just got through another three-day migraine. They're so debilitating. I'd really like to know from the good doc how best to handle them, or better still, how to avoid them in the first place. I have a feeling they're hormone-related, but can't be sure. One for the podcast, maybe, Helen. Right, you're re- obviously I'm on this one again, aren't I? Yeah, yes, yeah. is Mark uh, Daniel special. <laughs> okay. Um, one thing that strikes me is migraines don't tend to last three days unless they're cluster headaches. There's a different type of migraine called cluster headaches that is they come on in for a period of time then disappear for months and then. Now, I don't think she's got cluster headaches, but I wonder whether she's got classical migraine. All right? Classical migraine, you get an aura, you get um, vertical lines, you have to lie down, you may vomit. 
they tend to last for anything up to 12, 24 hours. But three days, either you've got very, very bad migraine or you've got tension headaches or something similar. So it might be worth her her coming back to us and saying whether she gets any of the classical migraine symptoms. Because if it's it's a cluster headache or classical migraine or a tension headache, they're treated totally differently, all right? She has had them for a long, long time and they are, you know, kind of really bad. So... Yeah. What if they? What if it is a migraine? Uh, yeah. Let's say she has migraine. Yes. Right? Okay. And she says she thinks it might be hormonal. Yes. Are, now, are are these migraines pre-period, during the period? Good question. Or can they come at any time. Now, a lot of people have this have PMS type migraine. Some people have menstrual migraine when they're actually menstruating. Some people have migraines that come on at any time of month, but they still think they're hormonal. So. It is really to nail down where the... Okay, when, so the pattern. The pattern is that she needs to keep a diary. That's the first thing. What I would suggest she does is she keeps a diary, then comes back to us and says when they are and how long they last. Then we'll be able to give her some, some decent information. One thing that I would say for all migraines, as a prophylactic, if you want to take feverfew, it is a very good scientifically proven prophylactic for migraine. You haven't got to take any other drug. Try, try feverfew. Right? Feverfew. Get on a chemist or a prescription. Get a, anyway, get hold of the bar anywhere you like. Right. Take it in a capsule form because if you take the actual stuff, it says it can cause mouth ulcers. So I'm taking a capsule. I would take that regularly. See if that helps for all sort of classical migraine. Now, if it's menstrual migraine or anything else, that's why I asked you to do the question on the yes. hormones beforehand because if she's got low progesterone, she can get headaches. If it's coming just before her periods then she's probably got low progesterone. So I would uh, have a look at that and see what, if she's got things like, uh, if she's got endometriosis, if she's got a low thyroid, um, yeah, you I can get it with stress, you can get it with hyperlactin. If she's getting any, any um, matter out of her breast, if she's got hyperlactin, she's a doctor if she gets that. But she needs to get a bit more history so I can I can tease this one out, I think. Good. Yeah, well, I'll see her regularly, so we will have an update on, on that yeah. one. Uh, and she does have thyroid problems, I, if my memory, she, memory, no, interesting. Yeah, okay. memory serves me right. So, okay, thank you, Helen. Dear Richard and Mark, next question. Dear Richard and Mark, first, I would like to say how much I enjoy your podcast and the information you provide. Very down-to-earth and practical. I have a problem with the migraines and wonder, I have a problem with migraines and wonder if you have any useful advice. I'm sure you have plenty. I used to get the most awful headaches for four to eight hours after doing vigorous exercise, but now quite often they come four to eight hours after just walking for a few hours or dare I say it, shopping. I drank loads of water, so I don't think dehydration and always have something too healthy to eat one hour before. I'm prescribed some Tryptin, sumatriptan? Sumatriptan, yeah. but that just delayed it. I seem to go very pale when suffering and feel totally exhausted. I tried taking ibuprofen before the exercise, sometimes worked, but generally not, and I didn't want to get hooked. I always ended up lying down on and off for one or two days in a quiet, darkened room until it subsides, staying away from anyone as, as I was in such a bad mood. I tried avoiding alcohol, cheese, and chocolate as I read these might be triggers. I'm 63 years old, female, obviously, (laughs) on HRT and not overweight. I was very fit, but now, although I still exercise a little by walking and cycling, I do very little gym work and feel I'm getting sluggish. 
I get these migraines. I did get these migraines in my younger days, in my twenties and thirties, after stressful hockey matches. It was league hockey in the north! Exclamation mark. They disappeared when the hockey did, and only reappeared frequently some five years ago after aerobic classes. I'd love to know your thoughts on any miracles to avoid this nightmare feeling of your head being split open. I wonder if uh, the doctor might suggest a thyroid or pituitary gland test or a head scan, exclamation mark. Keep up the good work. Kind regards, Christine. Nice question. Another challenge for you, sir? <laughs> okay. Right. 63-year-old on HRT now. The HRT you're prescribed, I, I, you don't actually say which type it is, but I can almost guarantee it's not a bioidentical HRT. No. So it will be reacting differently to your body than your normal hormones do. Now, it's interesting that she only had a, a, her migraines um, came back after the menopause. And it came back five years ago, I think it was, wasn't it? Which is well after the menopause. Yeah. I don't know when she started HRT. The likelihood she started HRT at the menopause, so that may not be relevant. But the bottom line is, people tend to get less hate, less men, less. Sorry, sorry, slurry. They start to get less migraines after the menopause. So she's obviously not had the menopause. Um, HRT has its benefits for bones, etc. Mainly in the first five to ten years after. Uh, the menopause, what benefit she's getting now from HRT, maybe she makes you feel younger, maybe it stops the sort of flushes, I think, but it may be worth her trying not to take the HRT because that may be the reason why she's getting the migraines now. So I would I would be tempted to, to come off the, the HRT and see what happens just to see if it makes a difference. Yeah. She won't, like, she won't like it because people who are on HRT don't like coming uh, off it. They cling on to it, don't they? And, and for the very reasons you said, because it does make you feel yeah, absolutely. younger and fitter. But yeah. the other thing I would say is, if she doesn't want to come off HRT, she might try for a bioidentical HRT. Yeah, we're, we're, and hopefully we get the doctor, Doctor Eccles on. He's from the uh, uh, from Harley Street in London, and he's a very uh, good uh, specialist uh, endocrinologist on the bioidentical hormones. But uh, yes, it's uh, it's all very complicated stuff. That, but uh, it's. I'm giving you the easy version, by the way. We, yeah. we're, gonna have, we're bound to have a lot of questions about things like uh, PCOS, which is, um, you know... Yeah, very common. Very common problem. And other hormone problems. I think we should do one at a time. Now, I've done low progesterone now. I mean, there'll be estrogen dominance, there'll be low estrogen, menopausal symptoms. I think we do one at a time. Otherwise, we're going to get really, really confused. If, if it works out like that and we get the questions coming back, it's great. But I, you know, if if we can't, you know, no, we can't sort of keep it too segmented. But if we can and we can get off the back of this now a lot of other hormonal type questions and then we can segment them up and... Sure. That's great, like we've done today, really. So we'll always have a look, and we'll always try and segment them. But uh, I don't want to make too much hard work, because this shit's hard work already, Mark, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> cool, right. Um, there was a PS there as well. She's from Arundel, is that right? Um, yeah. Uh, so um, she says she's had a doctor's appointment book. She's had another couple more migraines in the last three weeks, so... So the advice... Um, what about these headaches? Do you think they are definitely, uh, like migraines after exercise exactly they sound like it yeah, yeah. I think they, I mean she's had migraines when she was younger when, when you do it when, when she was having them when she was young she was playing hockey now that's like crazy intense and sure. like I've had exercise headaches afterwards when I've done stuff to an intensity where I've had a lot of lactic acid in my system 
It's possible that it's, it's so, a, a different type of, not actually migraine, but a headache associated with exercise. Yeah. It doesn't have to be migraine. No. But the fact that she's on HRT makes me think, and, and a normal yeah. HRT makes me think, that's the, probably the reason why it's come back now, rather than um, when she was when she was um, premenopausal, they'd gone away when she stopped playing hockey. So I think yeah. it's, it's the extra hormones maybe make a difference. They may not be, but yeah, it's yeah. worth thinking about. Yeah, definitely. And uh, if you want to come back with any further detail on your... Uh, what intensity exercises these things are happening and again like we said uh, i don't know if it was this yeah this podcast to keep a keep a little diary and and try and establish some sort of pattern and stuff and sure. it does help with these sorts of things so it, it does especially if she's out on a hrt she's got a womb and she's on the hrt that's got both estrogen and progesterone it may be coming on at one and they take their taken sort of estrogen first then progesterone afterwards it may come on at a time when the progesterone is being used and when the estrogen is low it may come on then if that's the case perfect just change to a bioidentical progesterone she may do well see so uh this is the stuff that you sometimes is it's hard to get to the bottom of these things and it is a needle in a haystack and it's not just for me or mark or it's for the whole kind of medical profession <clears throat> doctors and whatever they practice medicine it's not a you know an exact science and a lot of the time you are maybe trying something to see if it works and you can rule out something else if it doesn't and, and so on and so forth is that fair to say mark it's a bit of yeah, it's a bit of trial a bit of trial and error there really um, people often think that the the human body is like a car and you can get a mechanic in and fix it all cars are basically the same but human bodies are all different yeah. we're all each a unique snowflake as they say and it is quite difficult sometimes to tease out what's actually going on with each person oh, what a lovely special little snowflake you are mark <laughs> cool right last question for this episode then we can uh, get back to our families and all that sort of stuff I'm just getting back from Legoland I have been there for the last two days and uh, it was just fantastic anybody gets a chance to go there okay good morning Rich I so look forward to your emails they are really inspirational and I never made that bit up honest you know uh, Thank you, uh, Brenda. I would like to tell you about myself. I am about to approach my 52nd birthday and have just started the dreaded menopause. I have noticed of late I am extremely tired all of the time. I have put on weight due to the fact I have overeaten due to cravings. I have started to juice things this week as I have been reading up about the benefits. I'd be most grateful if you could touch on this subject when you write to us. I've also bought some trainers and I've dusted off my cross trainer. Kind regards, Brenda. Um, Can we start? Yeah, menopause and weight gain and, and, yeah. and all. I mean, basically, basically, menopause, you're, uh, if you've reached what's called the climacteric, which we've actually had your last period, you, your, your ovaries are no longer producing enough estrogen. So your fat cells start taking over and your body decides to make more fat cells because it wants more estrogen. So you, Women are fighting again, a, a sort of losing battle when it comes to um, after the menopause. So the bottom line is... That's why know, they don't want to come off the bloody HRT. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. HRT doesn't help. The, the, the bottom line here is if you, if you are overweight, you are going to become more in, uh, uh, insulin resistant, which makes it more harder to lose weight. Being a female, you're try, trying to make more estrogen because you, uh, from your fat cells. So it's like a vicious circle. So... You have to clean out your diet. Simple as that. Forget the exercise. Clean out your diet. Keep on the low carbohydrates. You, that will improve your insulin sensitivity, improve your leptin sensitivity, which is your hunger hormone, and you will feel better and you will stop putting on the weight. But it is more difficult. 
Yeah, but she kind of did admit to, as you say, eating a bit of rubbish. So that's got to, as you say, go straight away. So the juicing is going to definitely help uh, here. And again, with juicing, you know. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we have different views of that. I mean, if you're juicing vegetables, yeah, no problem at all. Even that, I'm not impressed with. I just think you eat the whole fruit or vegetable. Because yeah. the fibre there stops the carbohydrate being eaten quick, being absorbed quickly. So if you eat the whole fruit or the whole vegetable, you will. You get less carbohydrates quickly than if you if you eat the, the juice. If you eat the juice, you get a big rush of carbohydrate. If you eat the the whole fruit or vegetable, you'll get a slower release because the, the fiber will slow down the release. Yeah. So if you want to lose weight, don't juice. Yeah. But uh, well, you know, I, I know you, you you don't like vegetables. Yeah, but people lose a shitload of weight on a juice diet. So the thing is uh, with it. <laughs> Like you know, I I've I used to be like, oh, don't do that, don't do that, that's shit. But now I'm like, well, again, same with the, the the ab challenge answer which we gave, I think, a little while back. But if it leaves some sort of legacy, and every Monday or Wednesday you have a little juice thing, and it clears you out, and they're healthy juices, and they're not like ten pieces of fruit, it's more vegetables and maybe some ginger and and some some sort of you know decent quality stuff going in there. Then. Yeah, why not? And if it becomes a long-term part of your 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 life, great. But as I say, you know, if you're just going to do it for a little burst and then lose a bit of weight and then put it back on, you'll only be fatter in the long run. Um, that's just kind of your your diet. In a lot of time with these diets, you lose muscle, not fat. So if you're looking for weight loss, great. It will give you weight loss, but it ain't going to give you fat loss, and that's what you actually want. You need fat loss, not just weight loss, which is a lot the same with a lot of these these shakes, sachets, fast um, diet plans. You know, you've got to be careful. You don't start stripping all your muscles out of your body and end up a, an empty sack with no muscles and, and still pretty relatively high bot levels of body fat. So, uh, but yeah, with regards to the, the, the vegetables and stuff, for me, Mark, the main reason I do it, just speed. You know, if I got to eat two plates of vegetables and all the rest of the stuff I put in my shake, like an egg and maybe some chia seeds and some other bits of bees, it's just too long. I drink that thing, takes 10, 15 seconds, gone down the hatch. And But what Mark's saying about the carbohydrate intake, it, it, um, the release speed is great. And I think with, with sh- a fruit, it's <laughs> you might as well have a bag of Haribo's as have a bleeding fruit smoothie. Yes. Uh, I had a guy come in to me. Uh, I said, You had a s- smoothie? Yeah, great. He told me nine pieces of fruit. Nine pieces of fruit. A big uh, chap, you know, called, Oh, it's healthy. Get it all in there, isn't it? And that's the type of thing you do when you've got that blender out and it's all going around. You start throwing everything in a bit of yogurt, a bit more sugar, you know, and a bit of orange juice, a bit more sugar, a bit of apple, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, be careful with, uh, with the fruits and the, and the juicing for that reason but okay that's it good okay cool all about the hormones there so thank you guys Uh, keep the questions coming um we get a lot of (coughs) inquiries about the 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 blood testing and stuff with mark a lot of people are doing that now so if you want to head on over to revolutionaryhealth.co.uk and have a look there there's lots of information about all the different types of tests you can get getting an allergy test myself at the moment so um that's pretty much it for me. Anything, Mark? 
No, I've got nothing new. I just look forward to the next question. Let's have some testosterone questions because they're a lot easier than the female uh, <laughs> questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, in case we have offended some women today and all that sort of stuff, you know, we are married men and also we don't really care. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, that was just a joke. I'm going to slap when I see some of my female clients now. Cool. All right. Thank you, guys. I hope you're enjoying. We're uh, kind of getting into this now and really enjoying it. So, uh, happy days. Speak to you yeah. all soon. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. You, Me and the GP Radio Show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.